0: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 226 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we got a small crew this week. Unfortunately, Krim feeling a little bit under the weather, so he's taking this week off to rest his voice uh, and hopefully get well sued. But, good news is, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish, is here. What's up, Richard?
1: Hey, Seth. I, too, am not well. I have allergies, but (laughs) (laughs) they're they're just mildly annoying, but uh, it won't stop Modern Horizons from coming out, so here we are. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, I I think I have a little bit of the allergy thing going on, too. It's that time of year, but we're going to uh, keep going and get through the allergies and talk about some really sweet new cards, because we... (laughs) It was kind of funny. We were setting up for the podcast, and we were like, all right, so what Modern Rising cards do we want to talk about? And they just kept going. It was like, oh, this one and that one and this one and that one. And pretty soon, we had, like, 20 cards that we wanted to talk about because I think this set is sweet. What What do you think, Richard? Before we get into, like, the cast proper and sponsorship and all that, I've heard some criticism, some, like, snarky Commander Horizons jokes and so forth about this set. I'm still really hyped for it, but where are you at just for the set in general? Is it
1: meeting your expectations? I love Commander Horizons. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, I don't know what people expected, right? Like, they're not going to print, like, a 300-card set where every card is a staple in Modern, right? Like, that's just impossible, right? But what they've done... Is they've printed some cards that we think we'll see play in Modern uh, A lot of random new things for Modern Like the force cycle, free mana, and things like that They've given us a lot of cards for Commander Possibly possible for Modern They've given us throwback to old characters uh, We have Yagmoth, we have Sarah uh, we have all these old characters. They've given us snarky cards that people think this is like a unset, right? They, you know, the, the Watsy humor humors coming through. Uh, you know, possible because it's not a story set, right? They're, they're not bound to a story. So they can add whatever characters they want. They can add squirrels. They can do whatever the heck they want. And they've done it. So I actually think this set is really sweet. And I actually want to see more of these sets where you're not kind of bound to, Following Gideon and Jace and being all serious, but you can do whatever you want a lot of throwback mechanics a lot of throwback characters throwbacks to actual cards and then uh, a lot of sweet new cards and powerful cards, which uh, I Suspect, you know modern will change after this set. So we'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I think that the people that think there's nothing for Modern are just not really looking hard enough, But because I do feel like when I tried to make a list of cards that I thought are at least going to be tried and maybe work out in Modern, my list was like 25, 30 cards, uh, and that wasn't even including like random, like a million slivers could randomly show up in the sliver deck uh, if people play the sliver deck. But I thought there was a, a pretty long list of cards, and when you consider the normal standard set, maybe you get like, two cards, five cards, maybe a great set, you get close to ten cards that show up in Modern. I feel like this is it has met my expectations and I love Future Sight and Time Spiral and like that block is one of my favorites so I love all the callbacks and the mechanics and I'm super hyped. I'm very excited for this set so that's going to be our main topic for today. We are going to talk a ton of Modern Horizon spoilers, of course answer some fish mail, but before we get into all the sweet new cards, a reminder That our show today is brought to you by flipsidegaming.com and their Richard Kane Ferguson collection playmats. You can check out new takes on classics like Decon Blackblade and Arcane Denial. You can use the discount code Goldfish to get 10% off your purchase and help support the show. So thank you so much to Flipside Gaming for supporting the show today. And with that out of the way, Richard, I'm going to kick it to you. Lead us through our huge list of sweet Modern Horizon cards.
1: Alright, how about a new Planeswalker And not only a Planeswalker, but a 2 mana Planeswalker And it is not Tibbled. It is <laughs> Ren and 6 red and a green 3 starting loyalty Legendary Planeswalker Ren Plus 1, return up to 1 target land card from your graveyard to your hand Minus 1 Deal 1 damage to any target Minus 7 you get an emblem with instants and sorceries in your graveyard have retrace.
0: I think this card's actually pretty legit. This is way better than Tibal, our only other two mana planeswalker. I think uh, in a world of modern or even legacy where you're playing so many fetch lands, the plus one is actually sneakily strong. Like even discounting getting back wastelands or strip mines or things like that, ghost quarters in modern, just getting back a fetch land every turn to make your land drop. That's pretty powerful, and then I think the negative one is also sneaky good. If you look at Boddard, especially at 2 mana, there's a lot of X ones. Noble Hierarchs and Birds of Paradise and Champion of the Parish and Young Pyromancers, and the list is very long, and because this is just 2 mana, it gives you the position where you're like, land go, and your opponents are like, land Birds of Paradise, and you just untap, play Renan Sticks, shoot down the Birds of Paradise. That's a really big swing. If you plus it right away, it dodges Lightning Bolt, so I actually think that this card is pretty powerful.
1: I think it's fine. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, you, you plus one, you get a land. Okay, so you get to draw extra lands. I understand. But, like, for two mana, you can do a lot of crazy things in Modern. So, like, what deck would you put this in? And, like, I don't want to put this in Jund. So, like... why would it go into Synergy deck? Like, where would you even put this thing, right? Like, I don't... It does so- sweet things, but...
0: We've got a lot of pieces for, like, some sort of Life from the Loam style deck, and this would probably fit into that shell. Uh, But I actually think, like, you wouldn't play it in Jund. Maybe there's just too much competition to play it in a deck like Jund. But I don't know, maybe a like ghost quarter style deck. If you can get additional value out of getting back your land drop more than just like hitting your land drops and thinning your deck, which I mean, Krim's not here today, but you Krim know, probably would play it just to thin his deck more with his fetch lands. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that, uh. I don't know i think it's more good in a vacuum in my opinion than something that you really have to build around not saying so just every deck will play it but i think anything with like land synergies could take advantage of renin sticks
1: so fetch lands ghost quarters uh we unfortunately do not have a wasteland in modern at the moment Getrog monster but we do have a new cycle of lands which we're gonna skip to which uh could help out Renin in six we have the Horizon Canopy style lands for the enemy colors. So these are lands that come into into play untapped. You tap them, pay a life, you add one of two colors, the enemy colors, uh, and you pay one and you can sacrifice it to draw a card. So basically Horizon Canopy is the green white version. Now we have all of the enemy colored ones. So Waterlogged Grove is the Simic Simic one, Firely, What's, what's Islet? 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 I think it's Islet. 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 Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, no. I should have done research. Don't ask me. <laughs> it's the Islet Land. Silent Clearing is the Orzamm one. Sunbaked Canyon is Boros. And Nurturing Peatland is Golgari.
0: So... Before we get into it, I gotta say, when these were first spoiled, I went over to our Format Staple page and looked at Legacy Lands, and Richard, do you know where Horizon, or Modern Lands, rather, do you know where Horizon Canopy falls on the list of most played Modern Lands?
1: No idea. What is the answer, Seth?
0: Okay, so in Modern, Format Staples, the top three are Basic Lands. Then there is Bloodstained Mire, and then it's Horizon Canopy, is actually... More played than nine of the ten fetch lands, all of the shock lands. It is literally one of the most played lands in the modern format. And that'll obviously go down a little bit because decks play horizon canopy, even if it's only like halfway on color. Uh, if you're, you don't have to be Selesnia, but you can kind of splash it just to draw cards. But I think this is a really strong land cycle. Like apart from, Uh, getting fetch lands reprinted or maybe like a callback to original duels like snow duels i think this is about as good as it gets as far as land cycles go that could have showed up in modern horizons
1: oh Death shadow why (laughs) this is like the perfect land for Death shadow they get to lower their life they get to draw (laughs) cards like oh boy
0: how how good do you think this is in your decks richard like jund like Obviously aggro decks really benefit decks that struggle with flooding out like burn or eight whack goblins the reason those decks lose is they draw too many lands so if you're the problem with your deck is it loses when it floods out this is a really easy solution but what do you think for more of just a mid-rangey deck are you tempted to slot these into Jun mid-range
1: nope uh, you don't really have any slots to do this so your your life is important but if you're playing like raging ravines right and then you need some basics and then you usually have like one to two utility lands and either that would be like uh like a ghost quarter type effect or now you can put these so at most you can put one or two in but you're not really going to sub out your uh, fast lands and then you ov- you obviously have your fetches so i think this is strictly for aggro decks where they don't really care about their life total uh, they want a little oof to draw, you know, draw that lightning bolt or draw whatever f- extra card to finish the game. But I think the slower decks, the life kind of matters, and you're really trying to not die, so you don't really want to tap your lands to pay life. Uh, usually, if you survive long enough, you're you're gonna beat the other decks anyway. So, uh, John, maybe one. I don't even know if I would put one, <laughs> but uh, they, like Death Shadow, definitely this thing goes in.
0: Yeah, that decks where you're trying to lose life, they're obviously good, or aggro burn style decks like we talked about, or uh going back to our segue, these lands really good with something like Ren and Six, or something like Crucible of Worlds where you can kind of like build your own howling mind essentially, where you're drawing an extra card every single turn, or like at least minimizing the cost of sacrificing your land because you just get it back from the graveyard anyway, so so another thing that is sneaky good about these decks is, like, Dredge. You can sacrifice them to Dredge, which is a nice upside. So I think that there are quite a few different style of decks. I think you're right that just, like, random mid range or random control probably values their life total too much to really take advantage of many of these. But Lands Matter decks, Dredge, Aggro decks, a lot of potential homes for these in Modern.
1: What do you think bird would look like? So you can fit... Uh, at least eight of these, right? Because now we have eight red ones. Like, that makes... I think if, if you decide to put all of these into your burn deck, I think it makes burn, like, an impossible matchup for the slower decks. But... Right, there's a downside. If they're playing against humans or like another <laughs> aggro deck, uh, when they pay all their life, <laughs> they're gonna die they're gonna die, right? So it's bad for them in that match, but if I'm Jund and my burn opponent, like starts off with three of these sunbaked canyons, like I'm toast. Like there's no way I'm gonna win, <laughs> right? Like
0: Yeah, because if you think a deck like Bird, like, every draw step's roughly two damage or something, so getting two or three extra draw steps, huge deal. I think Burn will definitely play four. Uh, I think you can just swap out, like, Inspiring Vantage for Sunbaked Canyon, and that's, like, super easy. It's an untapped dual land, like, very little downside. And I think you're right. Maybe there's some fiery Islets or Islets or whatever that show up as well, just as kind of, like, an off-color Sacrifice land, because they're so good in that shit.
1: Yeah, alright, moving on, we have the first Sliver, uh, white, blue, black, red, green, 7-7 seven is seven. legendary creature Sliver has Cascade, Sliver spells you cast have Cascade, and in case you're wondering what Cascade is, when you cast this spell, exile cards from the top of your library, until you exile a non-land card that costs less, you may cast it without paying its mana cost, Put the Exile card on the bottom of your library in a random order.
0: I think this is the most busted of the five color sliver legends
1: for as, as
0: like your commander. I don't uh, modern whatever. Like sure, maybe some people are gonna play slivers because they're fun. Uh Maybe you played as a one of, but I think as your commander, I think this is the best of the five color slivers. What do you think? Where does this fall for you, Richard? In commander?
1: So, so the sliver spells that you cascade into have cast cascade right
0: yeah so if this is out you cast like a five mana sliver you can hit a four mana sliver and then also cascade into a three mana two mana one mana all the way down the curve potentially
1: is it this like extremely broken (laughs) like it's so good right like
0: Yeah, that's my thought on it, and it's also, that doesn't even include the fact that these are slivers, so slivers have slivers that give everything an ability, that's like what slivers do, Uh, so take for example like the mana slivers and the haste slivers if you get this down, you just do that cascade loop where you like sliver your way down into like four-ish slivers, they all have haste, they all have mana, you can tap them immediately to cast something else, it seems like if you untap with this, you can really go off in a deck that's all slivers and commander
1: yeah usually there's some downside like you know you run out of like cascade things to to cascade into but there are good slivers up the entire curve starting at one so you're gonna be able to cascade into a massive board uh i don't know what this does for commander like on turn five you just cast this and like have a giant board like how are people going to interact with this but okay sure (laughs) it is the first sliver i guess i mean (laughs) it's really good
0: what do you think about modern is there we've seen a lot of slivers in this set right now slivers is like tier 3.5 like i think there's one person that shows up on camera scg events that always plays slivers and does well with it but it's not really a deck that you consistently see people performing well with do you think modern horizons make slivers into a legit deck in modern
1: uh, possibly i mean slivers used to be a legacy deck way back uh, the the question is if you're gonna play a five C Ether Vial deck, like would you play Slivers or would you play Humans? You probably play Humans, but do <laughs> Slivers have enough firepower now? I uh, I don't know because I actually don't know which Slivers are modern legal and which are not. Depends how many muscle Slivers you can uh, get together, and but I I don't think the first Sliver is. Uh, is what makes or breaks the deck, right? It's really going to be all of the rare and uncommon slivers that they print at 2, 1, and 3 converted mana costs that, that makes it, like... Uh, can you get to 5 mana in Modern and cast this? You would cascade... You would have to cascade into lethal, right? Like, it has to cascade into something that kills them on the spot. Otherwise, it's going to be too slow.
0: Yeah, but I think that probably this doesn't show up in modern although i do think people are going to be trying slivers in modern thanks to all the new additions i kind of like you it'll probably be bad humans but i think because people love slivers a lot and with these new additions it might be good enough that you can like take down an f&m with it that i do expect to see quite a few people playing slivers even if they are like mostly worse than humans
1: Ah. Oh. Wait, do the modern slivers, like, affect all slivers, or just slivers you control? I believe, <laughs> thankfully! What if, you, what if you run into yes. the sliver mirror at FNM, what are you gonna do?
0: Oh, man. I, I still have nightmares about our all-sliver commander game. That, oh. One of the most ridiculous commander games I've ever played.
1: <laughs> Alright, next up, we have swords. We, so Mario has confirmed we're not getting a full cycle of swords, but we, we do have two swords. We have Sword of Sinew and Steel and Sword of Truth and Justice So Sinew and Steel is the black red one So you're, you're, it's 3 to cast, equip 2 uh, So all swords are like this And then your equipped creature gets plus 2 plus 2 And protection from 2 colors, in this case black and red And then the ability is when it deals combat damage to a player Destroy up to 1 target Planeswalker and up to 1 target Artifact Truth and Justice is the uh, white-blue one, and that one gives you a plus-one, plus-one counter on a creature, and then Proliferate.
0: I sort of wish they didn't print these. (laughs) Why? I I feel like... They're so bad
1: that they wasted the swords. (laughs) They have,
0: yes, like, tarnished the beauty of the previous swords. Like, the sword cycle is one of the most iconic cycles, and I feel really let down by these swords. Like, Yes, they're technically swords. They fit the same, like, archetype. They do the same stuff, but the abilities on these, uh, I think for me, sort of sinew and steel, the red black one. Uh, It's way too narrow for modern. I guess it's probably okay for commander where you can have artifact hate in a deck that doesn't normally get it. So that's something. Uh, And then the blue white one, I think it's fine, but it's very narrow. You need to be in like super friends or some sort of like plus one plus one counter theme. So unlike, uh, like, a lot of the old swords. Fire and Ice, for example. Even some of the newer old swords from Scar like War and Peace or Feast and Famine. Uh, those are decks that you can just kind of generically play because they're powerful cards. I feel like these are more like niche build-around swords.
1: Yeah, I mean... I think these swords are meant for the protection part, right? Like you if they if it basically like draw a card, draw a card as their ability, which is what we really want from the swords, right? <laughs> you would play them in every deck, but I think these are like Am I the blue blue white heavy meta, get the sword of truth and justice? <laughs> like I, I don't know. I mean, even on the old swords, like, Body of Mind was never played, like, very rarely, and also Light and Shadow, only I played it, like, it was very rarely ever played. Like, only Fire and Ice was, like, the all-star one, and, like, Feast of Famine is situational, so, I don't know, like, what, what, what would you want these abilities to be? What is the black-red ability that would make this sword... Good.
0: I kind of wish the black red one was, if you just replace planeswalker with creature, then I would probably be on board. Or creature or planeswalker. Yeah. I think the planeswalker ability is just too narrow. Like, There's so many matchups. Like, in Commander, it's a little bit better because everyone plays Artifacts, but in Modern, there's a lot of matchups where this just doesn't really do anything other than pump your creature and give it protection. So I think that that one slight change would make me more excited. I actually kind of like the blue-white one. I do think it's narrow, and maybe I wish it was... Hmm. like put a counter on anything maybe instead of a plus one plus one counter on a creature if you could use it to like proliferate charge counters or grow loyalty on planeswalkers maybe that would be enough to make me excited for it
1: oh i I agree with you the black one should destroy a creature i don't know what the white white blue one scry like you can't have draw a card like they they didn't want to reuse the old colors abilities so we can't have draw a card uh i guess you could sword something I guess you could gain. Oh, you can't gain life. That's a uh, light and shadow.
0: What about like un- unsummon for the blue ability and then uh, I was going to say gain life, but you're right that already is has been used. Oh mm-hmm. unsummon
1: would be good. Unsummon would be too good probably.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So will you play these in commander, Richard? I guess it's kind of silly to complain too much about modern because even the best swords don't see play in modern, so I guess, unless they're going to literally print Stoneforge something Mystic. better than... Yeah, bring back Stoneforge or print something that's better than Sword of Fire and Ice, which is not going to happen, I don't think. Uh, they're not going to see playing Modern anyway. Do you think these will show up in Commander?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, maybe Sinu and Steel. Like, I, okay, they will, but in, like, very specific uses. So if you have a Proliferate deck or Super Friends list or something, the the Blue-White Sword is good it's deal is weird, like, you might generically put it in, but, I don't know, like, just for th- artifact hate.
0: Yeah, I think that's a use, like, if you're a mono-black creature deck, <laughs> you could use this as a way to let your mono-black deck destroy artifacts, which, that is a use, although if you're in a color that's already okay at destroying artifacts, then I don't think you play this, really. I don't even know, like, if I was playing a Stoneforge Mystic deck, I honestly don't know if I would include... Either of these cards. Well, Commander.
1: I, I just want the flavor win of equipping seven <laughs> swords or whatever.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm okay, like, I, I guess. Do you think they'll add I additional
1: did. sword? I think maybe these are all the swords for the set. You I get six think, swords.
0: I think we officially have all all the mythics now, or we're one mythic short. So I believe this is all the swords.
1: Yeah. All right. Moving on, we have Unbound Flourishing, two to green enchantment. It's a mythic. Whenever you cast a permanent spell with a mana cost that contains X, double the value of X. Whenever you cast an instant of sorcery, spell, or activate an ability, if that spell's mana cost or the ability activation cost contains X, copy that spell or ability. You may choose new targets for the copy.
0: This card seems really sweet. Uh, it's basically a doubling season for X spells is probably the easiest way to think of it. I don't know if it really will do anything in modern, but this seems like... An easy commander staple. Like it, it just does so many weird cool things. Like obviously you play your walking blister, hangar back walker, you get more counters on it. You can like double up your bane fires or comet storms or earthquakes or whatever, which is pretty cool. Awesome with Roshin meander, like the expel commander. It's like perfect for that. You could even like, I believe, unless I'm misunderstanding this interaction, like double up your storage lands where, cause you like <laughs> pay one and remove x counters so you'd remove twice x counters so you'd build your like storage lands into ancient tombs essentially so there's a lot of cool things you do with this card
1: so this is basically 3 mana double your mana forever with the restriction of it has to be x spells so i think so this is obviously busted in commander like you said i think we'll see this in modern eventually if not now eventually we'll get enough x spells that are legitimate for 3 mana double your mana because it's so good. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there, there's got to be, like, if you untap with this and just cast, like, a, a Hangerback Walker or something or a Walking Ballista, it, like, instantly makes it, like, way better, Like, right? all of your XX spells are now X, right? So I, I think this will see play in Modern eventually if it can't find a home immediately. Like, it just gets better over time.
0: Oh, and think of all that expensive stuff you can lock with Chalice of the Void. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Like lock out a car or something. Yep. Actually, that doesn't work because it's seven mana. Ugin, you could, you, you could cast it big enough to lock out an Ugin or something. I also think that the doubling activated abilities of X spell, uh, of X permanence is interesting. I don't know the best way to abuse it, but there's like Megas of the Candelabra that's like pay X untap X lands. If it's pay X untap two times X lands, that card becomes absurd. Uh, so I, I know there's some cool tricks you can do there too.
1: Oh, then you use all that mana to cast. An expel, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I
0: expect this card to be super popular. It reminds me of Doubling Season, which is literally one of the best, like, casual cards of all time.
1: I think of it as a oh, what is that the mana cube thing where you tap oh. it to double all your mana, except it's just yeah, always activated on all of your turns. <laughs> all right, next up we have Urza Lord High Artificer two blue, blue, one four legendary creature, human artificer. When Urza enters the battlefield, create a 0-0 colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. Tap an untapped artifact you control, add blue, five, shuffle your library, then exile the top card. Until end of turn, you may play that card without casting without paying its mana cost.
0: This card is broken. Oh my goodness. Uh so. Uh, So many things to say about this card. I think this card will show up in Modern. Uh, It does some cool combo-y things with like Thopter Sword to make infinite mana and then play your entire deck with a 5 mana, shuffle your library, cast the thing for free ability. So there's that. You can play like a Psy slash Karn artifact beatdown deck where you're getting the huge Karn structs. It can be like a ritual because you can tap your artifacts for mana right away. So if you have more than 4 artifacts, it's essentially free to cast this because you net back all that mana by tapping your artifacts and it's so easy to go infinite with paradox engine like five artifacts this paradox engine tap your artifacts use the five mana ability cast the card untap all your artifacts tap them all again do it again do it again do it again play your entire deck i think this card is going to get paradox engine banned in commander it probably already should be banned in commander honestly and i think this is going to show up in modern too
1: yeah i know why does he have so many abilities like, he just randomly <laughs> makes a construct. The five mana, I, I, I see what they did. They're like, okay, we're going to stop people from, like, abusing this by shuffling their library so they can't, you know, perfectly place whatever they want on top with the brainstorm. But then you give it the ability to, like, make infinite mana by tapping <laughs> artifacts you control. And that's, like, so easy to abuse. So, Yeah. Urza combo decks, here we come I I don't know, what do you think the actual Combo will be, what do you think People's preferred finisher will be or do you think it does not matter? It's just, it'll be some combo that generates infinite mana, and then you can just play your entire deck, and you can win whatever you want.
0: That would be my guess. I think I think in Commander, Paradox Engine is by far the simplest way to go infinite. In modern, Thopter Sword is probably... Although, like, Thopter Sword is already pretty game-winning, yeah, do, but it's technically not infinite. you even need not infinite.
1: a win-more card <laughs> with Thopter Sword? Like, once you have the Thopter... Foundry and the Sword, you're good to go, right? Like, do you really need Urza at that point?
0: I'm actually tempted to play it with Paradox Engine in Modern. I almost think that could work, especially with all the mana this can make. It seems pretty practical that you can, like, play Urza, tap 5 artifacts, use that to play Paradox Engine, cast, like, a Mox Opal or something, untap all your artifacts, and immediately combo off on, like, turn 4. So I... I don't know. I guess I'm stuck on Paradox Engine being busted. But I, I think mm-hmm. if you make infinite mana, it doesn't actually really matter. Like, you will win the game one way or another.
1: And uh, this this gets through... No, it doesn't. Does it? Does it get through Karn Lock? What, what does this mean with Karn, the great creator? Uh, because you're it's, it's Urza, but is an artifact, so you can't use it? right
0: i believe that yeah if the karn locks on battlefield you just just scoop card lock just <laughs> nothing <off>. beats it
1: <laughs> but before they get the karn lock with just karn on the battlefield it's fine because it's urza's ability that taps an artifact to add blue so you can still go off before yes. they get the full lock
0: it's actually... Right? It goes through sweet. Stony
1: Silence and stuff like that, right? Because it's Urza that gets the ability.
0: It's kind of hilarious. I mean, not that you need it, but it's hilarious with Mycosynth Lattice, too, because then all of your things are artifacts, and you can tap them <laughs> all for blue mana. So maybe you use this to, like, power out the combo.
1: <laughs> all right, next up, we have a bear, a legendary bear. A Eula, queen among bears, one in a green, 2-2. Two, two. Legendary Creature Bear. Whenever another bear enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. Put two plus one plus one counters on target bear. Target bear you control fights target creature you don't control.
0: You know what this means, Richard. We're gonna have to put up with another another three hours of bear puns from Toma on the future commander clash. You know that that's what's happening.
1: But it's worth it. Like, it's actually... They, they didn't make it like a five mana 4-4 four, four bear lord. It's actually just the grizzly bear... With crazy power creep upside, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah. I love I, I, I feel love like this it card. should make bear tokens though. I don't know about growing your bears. Then you can have a four four bear. And you're like, what is this? What is this nonsense? All bears should be two two. <laughs>
0: I I'm so I'm just so happy this card exists because. Bear Commander is something people wanted for a while, and then they printed Goreclaw, which is, like, a Bear Commander, but it literally doesn't do anything with bears because it only triggers (laughs) on, like, four-plus mana cards, and bears are all two-twos for two. So I really love that they, like, rectified that. I don't think this card is really playable anywhere outside of meme-ish Commander decks where obviously if you want to build Bear Tribal it just make Bear puns perfect for that in Commander, but the Bear's tribe just isn't really powerful enough, I don't think, to catch on in Modern would be my guess, but you never never know.
1: I don't know. I I think you can make beyond a meme deck with this in Commander because we're not going to talk about all the Bear cards. They added a lot of Bear support cards to Modern. Which I never thought I'd be saying, and I'm not talking about actual grizzly bears, but good bear cards where you would actually play them. So we'll, we'll see how bears shake up, but bears might become a force to, to be reckoned with, <laughs> in Commander at least. Next up we have Collector Oof. One and a green 2-2, two, two. activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated.
0: This card's great. This might be the spikiest card that we talk about today. Because this card, it's Stony Silence with the downside of being on a creature. So it dies to, like, Lightning Bolt or Galvanic Blast or whatever. But with the upside that it's green, and green decks tend to have, like, Collected Company, Court of Calling, Green Sun Zenith, uh, other survival of the fittest back to vintage. So I expect Collector Roof to be played in... Heavily in modern, where Stony Silence is like a staple sideboard card, uh, and all the way back to vintage, where you have like Null Rod is another staple, even main deck card in vintage. So not a super like, flashy effect, but I'm pretty sure a grizzly bear that just shuts down artifacts Stony Island style is going to see a lot of play like across competitive formats.
1: Yeah, not much more to say. It's it's not a bear. They should have made it a bear, though. Like, why? Yes. has <laughs> <quite> <laughs> they, they the,
0: <laughs> the beard, though. I really like... Like, what is that thing doing? The beard and like... <laughs> ah, what are oofs? I feel I, like I, don't,
1: I... I don't know. What are oofs? I was about to ask you that. It looks like... Oh, what is that... What is that children's book with the jungle or whatever? Like, it reminds me of that.
0: <laughs> oh, jungle book? No, not
1: jungle book. Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was like these troll things in the jungle.
0: Oh, I don't know if I ever read that one.
1: Uh, uh, Why does it have a birdcage,
0: too? Like, just what is what is going on? But yeah, really good card.
1: <laughs> it uh, it traps your artifacts in the birdcage. <laughs> All right, next up, we have Yagmoth, Thran Physician. Two, black, black, two, four, legendary creature, human cleric, mythic. Protection from humans, pay one life, sacrifice another creature, put a minus one, minus one counter on up to one target creature, and draw a card. Black, black, discard a card, proliferate.
0: Not quite as busted as Urza, but i think this is still a really powerful card finally a commander that you can greed yourself to death with which uh, it's something that i've always wanted just like that'll get me to play my commander uh, i think i don't know about modern with this card what do you think about modern is there any chance this can show up in modern richard
1: no it's, i mean Aristoc- does aristocrats need a four drop that's the only place you would see it
0: I guess, like, the free sacrifice outlet is appealing, especially with card draw. And it's really funny, like, with undying creatures, you can go infinite with, like, two Girolf's messengers because you can keep putting the negative one, negative one counter on the one with the plus one, plus one counter, uh, to, like, outweigh it. So you can infinitely sacrifice them and you yourself out of life. Yes. Well, you kill your opponent <laughs> first with the Girolf's messenger.
1: Down, oh, I guess that's but, true. Yes. But yes. yeah.
0: So I think there might be some potential there, maybe, but what about Commander? Where does this fit in Commander?
1: Eh? I don't know. Oh, I mean, when, not excited? you need creatures. It's not just pay one life, draw a card, right? You actually need creatures to sacrifice. So, I don't know. Let's, like, mono black aristocrats, like, eh, I guess. I, as your commander, not exciting, but as part of the 99, I think it would be pretty useful. Like, the sack outlet aspect is good, but to take your commander slot, like, I don't know. What kind of deck would you build with this?
0: Some sort of aristocrats deck, I think. I think it's kind of like a Bantu, like a slow Bantu, where you have more control over it, almost, where you get the sacrifice to draw a card. You can slowly Wrath Away the board. I... I I almost think there's a chance it shows up in Modern. I do think a Commander, probably more of a 99 card if you're playing, like, an Aristocrats-style deck, because Aristocrats does like being in multiple colors. You can go Mono Black with, like, Massacre Girl or Bantu or whatever, but I think multicolor Aristocrats is easier. And then I think... The fact that this can, just like in Commander, you play a bunch of stuff you want to sacrifice, play moth and immediately for no mana, just, like, sack three or four things to draw a new hand, I think that's really powerful if you're a deck that's built around that. Even, like, token production, like, Lingering Souls, play this, sack the spirit tokens to draw four cards, like, that doesn't seem that bad to me.
1: Yeah, let put it that way. I mean, it's like free skull clamps on your creatures, so yeah, I mean, I guess... <laughs> What
0: about the proliferate mechanic? Like, is that just purely, like, put a counter on a creature and then you can put another counter on it with proliferate? Or, I wonder if there's any tricks there. Like, is there any argument to, like, trying to up the loyalty on your planeswalkers or something with this? Or am I just going way too deep?
1: Yeah, I mean, it would have been cool if Yawgmoth came with a plus one plus one counter so he could grow himself, (laughs) but, uh... I think it's you just put minus one, minus one counters on things and then you just discard cards and like wrath away the board, right? So yeah, and then if you have planeswalkers or anything, you could grill them. But I think it's just meant to synergize with the minus one, minus one aspect. All right, next up, we have a Mox. We have Mox Tantalite, mythic. There is no casting cost. Suspend three, zero. <laughs> Tap, add one mana of any color.
0: I don't know how, 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 why would I ever play this over Lotus Blue? It was this bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Like the one thing that makes Moxin powerful are that they give you extra mana early in the game. And the one thing that Mox Tantalite can't do is give you extra mana early in the game. So I just, I, I cannot envision any deck that wants to play Mox Tantalite.
1: Can you cheat this into play somehow? You can. You can like turn. Turn one, Simeon
0: Spirit Guide, Electrodominance, Mox Tantalite you, and you'd spent three cards to do it. Or, like, as told <laughs> or something, but... So you can cheat it into play, but I'm not even sure that, though, that's, like, an effective plan. Uh, if you have your as foretold, do you really need a Mox to
1: give you plus one mana? How about you use the new goblin to tutor up, put in your graveyard, then you reanimate it somehow? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you do with this. They should have just made a Mox <laughs> that has, like, Vanishing 2.
0: Ooh. Hmm, that might be busted. It,
1: is it, like, it's like a two-shot Symbian Spirit Guide or something, right? Like.
0: I'd like that it calls back to Lotus Bloom. And the I one mean, reason- You should have just Lotus
1: Bloom. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what is this?
0: The one reason I don't want to write it off completely is the suspend cards have been pretty busted. If you look at, like, suspend cards that mimic power nine cards, ancestral visions, very good. Lotus Bloom, very good. Even the non power nine, like Living End, Restore Balance type hypergenesis. All these cards have been really good. So I don't want to write it off completely just because of that, but I am not seeing it with Box Tanelay.
1: I'm writing it off. <laughs> it's, it's like a suspend four thought sees you're like what do i do with this right like the whole point is you cast it on turn one like you don't even want to draw this card turn four right <laughs> so when it's coming in like on that turn like it's so bad it's so slow and it's just yeah. a lot like it just gives you one mana right like we have this effect like w- would everyone be going nuts for uh oh, what's the ramp spell uh the ramp, ramp. spell escape shift plays, right? It's, like, basically one of these effects, right? Search for Tomorrows,
0: yeah. Yeah. I guess you save a mana,
1: right? (laughs) You save a mana, because it costs zero to suspend, right? But, like, a couple turns later, they get an extra land, you're like, whoop-dee-doo. Like, it it doesn't matter at this point anymore.
0: And that's actually even slower, because I think uh, it's Suspend 2 for Search for Tomorrows, so this gives you your extra (laughs) mana, even a turn later than a random common.
1: Yeah, like, Wizards is going to print some, like, four mana win the game card or something that's like uncounterable and then mox tantalite will be really good <laughs> and then we'll be like oh we didn't see it coming
0: uh, i mean i will say mox seem hard to design without being broken so maybe it's better to have a bad mox than than a broken fast mana mox in the modern format since modern's already so fast so i guess if you're going to be conservative with something the mox is probably the way to go
1: i think they could have done there's like so many mocks that you can make. You can make like a threshold mocks or something, or like based on number of cards in hand, based on life total, right? Like that? maybe a box that only activates if you have like 18 or more life or something. Like there, there's lots of weird things you could do. I don't know that they had to go this safe. Like they should have just not called it a box. They should have just made something else. <laughs> sort of it's like, like the how, swords. Yeah, sort of like the swords, how you regret, they like wasted the name of the box. right? They sullied it. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, Ranger Captain of Eos. One, white, white, three, three, human, soldier, it's a mythic. One, Ranger Captain of Eos, enters the battlefield. You may search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost one or less. Reveal it, put it in your hand, shuffle your library. Sacrifice Ranger Captain of Eos. Your opponents can't cast non-creature spells this turn.
0: Ah, this card seems pretty good to me. I mean, we already have Ranger of Eos seeing play, which is more mana, but snags two cm creatures. This, a little bit cheaper. Better with Ether Vial, because three is a lot of times the number you want to end with. And the second Sacrifice ability actually has some, like, hilarious potential, like... On level one, it just buys you a turn against, like, a Wrath deck if you're playing a deck like Humans, but it's even more funny if your opponent's, like, trying to combo. You just let your Storm opponent, like, storm off until they're getting close to Grapeshot, and then you sack this, and all their work goes for nothing because they can't cast spells anymore. So uh, I think there's actually a lot of potential with the, like, silence built into a Ranger of Eos.
1: Yeah, I think the key is you can by all this. Uh, if, if it's sitting on the battlefield, and your opponent tries to storm off, then uh, shame on them. <laughs> but <laughs> as they storm off, you vial this thing in and like it's good game. Uh, and you get to just randomly get a, a one drop from it. So I think it's good. The question is, does humans have enough slots <laughs> to stick this in? like the, that deck is pretty full. There's so many good humans. Would non-human decks play this, like Coco decks?
0: Maybe. I, the other thing, the other really nice aspect of it is it can be effective at, like, protecting your creature combo if you're trying to, like, uh, Vizier-Druid combo, for example, or Vanifar, for example. Uh, you can kind of use this to, like, semi-protect your combo by making your opponent not be able to uh, cast removal spells. Yeah. So maybe a deck All like right. that could use it.
1: Next up, we have Giver of Runes. A single white mana. It's a one-two core cleric, rare. Tap it. Another target creature you control gains protection from colorless or from the color of your choice until end of turn.
0: I'm glad this one's not a human. Obviously, call that to Mother of Runes and Mother of Runes, legacy staple, not in modern this is definitely a lot safer for one big reason, which is it's another target creature. Part of the power of Mother of Runes is you play it on turn one if your opponent can't kill it immediately. Once it's on summoning sick, it is miserable to deal with with targeted removal because you always tap it to protect itself. So you lose out on that with Giver of Runes, but I still think, similar to what we were just talking about, really good way to protect your creature-based combos. Vizier Druid combo, like the Sramo's deck. Decks that are like, if I get this one or two creatures on the battlefield and untap with it, I win the game. Giver runes perfect for that. Like, think of this Ramos deck. You play this on turn one. Turn two, you play your SRAM or pure steel. You combo off and win. If your opponent has a lightning bolt or a fatal push, you beat that, and that's one of the biggest flaws with a deck like that, because either your opponent tries to kill your combo piece and then you protect it, or they have to spend their removal spell on the Giver of Runes, which means your combo piece lives for a turn, you combo off and win the game, so I think that's where it fits. I don't like it as much as just like a general value card as Mother of Runes is, and just like, I play a bunch of creatures, I protect them, I win, but if you're protecting a specific combo, kind of like a Benevolent Bodyguard I think is a good comparison for this, this is a really effective way to protect those combos.
1: Eh. (laughs) So I agree with you. General purpose, it's terrible, right? The whole point of Mother Runes is uh, she can protect herself. This thing cannot. So if you have to kill something, you kill the giver runes first, and then you kill what you want to kill. With Mother Runes, you're like, ah, can't kill anything, right? (laughs) As long as this thing is untapped. For combo protection, like, we have Spellskite. That's like one mana less than Spellskite, but Spellskite can, like... Take an unlimited number. It could take like two, two things, possibly, right? Like two lightning bolts or something. That's costs true. Cost two mana, cost life. Uh, so slight differences. I, I don't know that this is a game changer because I think Spellskite does what you kind of want it to do. And I don't think you would use this in a generic creature deck like you would Mother Runes. Like this has to be protecting a combo piece. <sighs> I think since so many
0: combo pieces are 2-mana, I think being 1-mana is a pretty big deal. I I think that's the main upside of this compared to Spell Sky. But it's something
1: sick, you see. There's there's a downside to this. (laughs) You have to (laughs) be able to tap this thing.
0: You you gotta play this on turn one, and then turn two you have your mana to play like your devoted druid or your sram or whatever. So I I think it lines up in a curve in an appealing way for certain combo decks, but it's definitely not mother of rune, or even especially close to mother of runes in power
1: level. All right, next up we have lightning skeletal, black <laughs> red red six one elemental skeleton. It's a rare trample haste. When Lightning Skeletal deals combat damage to a player, that player discards two cards. At the beginning of the end step, sacrifice Lightning Skeletal. Is, is Ball Lightning good enough for 2019, Seth, if we staple <laughs> on to <the> Mind Rot?
0: <laughs> Maybe? I, I'm still gonna say probably not. Although, making your opponent discard two does kind of solve one of the Ball Lightning issues, which is it's kind of card disadvantage. A ball lightning is more like a burn spell than a creature, and it's a risky burn spell, because if your opponent has a big blocker, it doesn't actually damage your opponent's face. So if you get a hit with this, it is a two-for-one. Like, you end up down one card, your lightning's elemental. Your opponent ends up down two cards. So that is appealing, but I think ball lightning might be so far away from playability that even tossing in the mine rot still might not do it. Although, I do want to live the dream of, like, turn three Collected Company into two of these and just, like, mind-twist my opponent's hand and hit them for 12.
1: <laughs> and they're like, Golgari Charm. Gotcha. <laughs> uh,
0: what do you think? Can it, Is it close enough? Is it? Can it show up in Modern?
1: Sideboard card? I don't know. Like, if your opponent has removal, this is dreadful. But if they don't have removal, it's like, it's a three for one. You said two for one, but you're dealing six damage as well, and they discard two cards. Uh, but maybe that's living the dream. Like if they have a death shot or something, just block. Like there, there are many things that could go wrong here, right? They have a life linker, right? They have a first strike creature like Thalia. You know, it's, it's all over. So I think there's just too many downsides. There are cards that counter this. Uh, you know, even like a gut shot or something stops this, right? So I, I don't think lightning element, uh, ball lightning is any, uh, is it any, uh, is can be good in any deck nowadays. I think there's just too many things we can do. We have first strike. We have removal. We have just literal good blockers like you know, like Death Shadow. Even like two Tarmagoists can stop this thing. So uh, I, I don't know. There, there is a more important question though,
0: Richard. Since you're the expert here, where does this fall in the skeletal <laughs> okay, hierarchy? If this like, is legendary, the-
1: <laughs> if this was legendary, we could be talking. <laughs> But now I need to—is oh, do we even have like a, a Rakdos legendary? We don't, right? For skeletons,
0: I don't think there's a Rakdos legendary skeleton. Yeah.
1: No, this is this is not this is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to ask. Uh, eventually, bears has better support than skeletons. Now, like, come on. <laughs> All right, archmage's charm. Blue, 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 it's a rare, instant, choose one. Counter target spell, target player draws two cards, gain control of target non-land permanent with converted mana cost one or less.
0: I wish Krim wasn't sick. This seems like a kind of card that Krim would be all about. (laughs) I think this card is decent. If you look at the modes, none of the modes are particularly efficient for triple blue mana. Uh, cancel into Divination into... I don't even know. There isn't a great comparison. Threads of Disloyalty is probably the closest. Uh, but if you combine all those together in an instant speed package, it does a lot of stuff. Like, worst case, you draw two cards for three mana, which isn't that bad. Maybe you snag at Vial with the last mode, and then countering a spell always good. And Dex already play Cryptic Command, which also is triple blue, so I think there's a chance this can show up in decks, although you do have to be pretty committed to being heavily blue to cast this anywhere near turn three.
1: Yeah, that last clause I think is pretty good uh, because you gain control permanently. And then when we first saw Kaya, we're like, "Oh, what's Kaya going to do?" Uh, apparently, there's a lot of good things with converted mana cost one or less. You can snag an Ether Vial, you can snag a Chalice. Uh, there's things you can do. I don't like triple blue. If this was blue, blue. Uh, generic cryptic is already pretty hard to cast but having to have triple blue on turn three is gonna be even harder so this is for the most dedicated of blue decks Uh, even two color decks are gonna have trouble sometimes you're gonna have to shock yourself to do this Uh, if you draw your field of ruin or something you, you can't do this until you like actually use your field of ruin so that triple blue is actually prohibited but uh, otherwise, it's pretty. Good. I mean, it's a counterspell. Draw two scar uh, two cards. Take something. Sideboard, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I guess. Eh.
0: I I think the good news is the modes do stay relevant after turn three. Like yep. even if you have to wait till turn four or turn five, like countering spells just as good on turn five drawing two cards also great in the late game so maybe play it knowing like i'm not always going to be able to cast this on turn three but it's still going to be fine later in the game
1: but it's still bad right? like if you want to snap caster this thing it's <laughs> like oh boy right if you want to like counter spell and then archmage's charm or something like i don't know right like if you get getting a counter war you're like negate I'm out of blue mana, I can't cast this. So like this triple blue adds up even beyond the, the third turn.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's true.
1: Oh what 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 is that? What was the like Narset's reversal or whatever? Like the
0: <laughs> No one's no one's played that
1: yet. <laughs> Just seen. like blue blue, 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 blue. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got that Nycthos online. All right. <laughs> Uh those are all the spoilers I want to talk about. We have so many more spoilers. You can check them out on mdgpreviews.com. Uh but there are things we we didn't even talk about the cards that are reprinted into modern, like Kess, uh El Damri's Call. There's like a lot. There's like ninjas, there's like a talisman cycle, tons uh, of slivers.
0: Of, yeah, so much stuff. So Cats definitely- for some
1: reason. Cats are in the deck <laughs>
0: Cats, Genesis, Alter Dementia, more Bears stuff. Plague Engineer's a pretty powerful card. There's a ton of stuff in this set. good news is uh, we'll have the full set next podcast. So I think today is Tuesday. We're recording late this week. Full set is Thursday, or... The last day of spoilers is Thursday, and then I assume by Friday the whole set will be uh, published. So we're only a few days away. Before we hit up a couple fish mail quick, Richard, anything else you're really holding your breath for in this set now that we've seen maybe like 75% of it? Is there anything you're like, oh, please, in the last couple of days of spoilers, let me see
1: this? Give me a better Tarmogoyf. <laughs> <laughs> give me something that competes with Death Shadow, okay? Like green is the king of monsters, and it is ridiculous that black has the biggest creatures nowadays. So give me a big beefy one or two drop. Like I want like a one mana four-four. Like give it to me. <laughs> that
0: that would be pretty interesting. Like it would, really seen... Shadow, right? it would still <laughs> not be
1: good against Death Shadow, right? It would still not be good against Death Shadow That's how bad it is, right? Like let's like, just give me a one mana four-four.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, I think sadly a lot of the cards I'm holding out hope for or that I really wanted, like Baleful Strix, uh, Counterspell have either been officially confirmed out or just seeing the set. It seems unlikely at this point that they're going to show up. Maybe Shardless Agent still fits in the number crunch. I really love me some Shardless Agent. That would be a sweet one to show up as a, as a reprint. Yep.
1: Well, you got Baleful Strix kind of. So maybe you'll get Shardless Agent now. <laughs>
0: Or like a snow version. (laughs) You can only (laughs) cast it if you have snow mana. Uh, Alright, so that's been Modern Horizons. We're running a little bit long, but Richard, let's see if we can uh, cruise through some fish mail here at the end of the cast.
1: Alright, if you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG and we'll get to your questions on air. Uh, Rob Boville, I want to buy two or three boxes of Modern Horizons. I've seen two different prices, with buy a box promo and without... How much value do you think these promos add to the price of a box?
0: Uh, for the Flusterstorm promo in specific, uh, technically right now it's listed at $20. I expect it'll probably actually tick down a little bit from there. So maybe say 15 bucks of value I would give to it.
1: All right. Moz, MTG, Snow Matter, Snow matter cards are making snow covered basics Strictly better than basics Isn't this something wizards claim they wouldn't do For spikes playing uh, With basic basics <laughs> It's a disadvantage at this point uh, I. They need to I, add a card That's like destroy all snow permanents <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then it'll show you <laughs>
0: I, th- I think there is one, but it's not modern legal. I think there is one from back in like ice age, but, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think the snow theme is pushed enough that I'm really concerned about it at this point. But if we had a few more sets like this, then maybe it's true. But at this point, I don't think decks are just going to play snow lands. Because I don't think most decks are going to have Snow Matters cards.
1: Yeah, but I feel there's a point to this. Like, every commander deck I build that's monocolored, there's always the question of, do you want to put Scrying Sheets and all the Snowlands in your deck? Because there's actually no downside to that, aside from making your deck ridiculously expensive and having ugly art, I guess, for your lands <laughs> if you don't like the Snowlands, but... Yeah, I think there should be some downside to being Snow. Like, the fact that they're basics but not actually basics is a bit awkward. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that is that is a good point. I, I'm i guessing they just kind of got, like, grandfathered in. <laughs> I don't know if we'd see Snow Basics today, but since they started way back in Ice Age when design was different, it's just one of those things that you kind of live with. But I don't think they would print Snow Basics today if they weren't already part of Magic, beca- for the reason that the question pointed out, that they could arguably just be better than Basic Lands.
1: I, I want to see, like, a Snow Strip Mine. <laughs> where like destroy target snow land permanent and then to make it actually playable, you can pay like two mana to make any land a snow a snow land until end of turn.
0: Ooh. That would actually be a sweet card.
1: Yeah. They should do that. HFS Evans, if you were to design dual decks based around known archetypes for modern and legacy, which two decks for each format would you choose to battle it out? so dredge versus humans or (laughs) tron tron versus humans i don't know which 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 deck do you ancient stirrings versus ether vile like what do we want
0: (laughs) i would kind of want fair-ish decks i I think maybe like john John versus black versus (laughs) yeah Yeah, john versus uh, blue white control how bad of a matchup is that do you just get crushed by blue white control Yes, but
1: then uh, I mean it would be fitting. You would take your dual deck to Epidem and get crushed like all other dual decks. So
0: <laughs> in Legacy, I don't even, I don't even know. I would kind of be looking for the same type of stuff. Maybe like Death and Taxes versus uh, Elves. People like Elves. Uh, yeah. That's kind of an awkward matchup, but it would, I probably would say be a elves, popular dual deck.
1: elves versus Goblins.
0: Cause... Ooh, I think we already have that. I think yeah, that I was know. a dual deck. <laughs> exactly,
1: but we'll do it. We'll do the Legacy versions for people. Those are popular archetypes.
0: Yeah, that could work.
1: All right. Tezel Cattle 133187451. What are your thoughts on Oathbreaker? Do you think it will fail or prevail? Are you updating the site to post Oathbreaker decklists? This was posted after (laughs) Oathbreaker decklists were live on the site. You could actually submit Oathbreaker decklists right now on the website. But Seth, have you... Have you played the format? What do you think about the format?
0: I have not played the format. I've seen a lot of people talking about it. It does sound cool, although I'm always skeptical of new formats that have a lot of hype based on my experience with other formats that have gotten a lot of hype in the past so i think i would say it's just too early to tell if we're still talking about oathbreaker a year from now then my expectation would be it will continue to develop into a real format for right now i think it's 50 50 that the hype dies down and it kind of fades away or it keeps growing and ends up being a pauper like is it frontier is it pauper Too early to tell, but it does sound like a cool idea. It seems like it mashes together kind of like some of the best parts of Commander with some of the best parts of Magic, like Planeswalkers and spells in your command zone. So I really like the idea of the format, but I don't know. Do you think this has legs, Richard, or are we looking at, like, Frontier Tiny Leaders 2.0? I
1: think this has legs, actually. I have no stake in this format. I haven't actually played it. I I have nothing to gain from pushing Oathbreaker, but I actually think it's going to stay because... Of the card pool It is the vintage card pool The the failure of all these new formats Like Brawl, Tiny Leaders Is they have a tiny card pool And it gets stale very quickly But we are talking about the entirety Of vintage here And it plays almost like Commander uh, And it It jives with what you think of when you think of magic, right? You think of like Planeswalker and casting big spells, right? And like that is now your commander, right? A Planeswalker and a signature spell. So I feel like it will catch on with the casual crowd. And because the card pool is so large, I feel like it's not gonna die out and fizzle like uh, some of these other formats, like Tiny Leaders or Brawl. So I think Oathbreaker has legs, but you never know. It it could just go nowhere, Uh, but, it feels like something I would want to try out, because, you know, having nickel bolus or something as your uh, Oathbreaker, and then having uh, cool Ultimatum as your signature spell, like, yeah, like, sign me up, right? Sounds cool. I, I think eventually they make planeswalkers
0: as legal as commanders, and then the format might lose a little bit of its shine.
1: But now you can have a spell as your commander, Seth.
0: That is actually pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder a little (laughs) bit how broken it could be. I, we gotta, we gotta find a way to play it. Cause I want to see, I want to see how busted it is if you can have a spell as your commander.
1: Yep. All right. Last card, uh, last question. One epic pug with monitor rises bringing new zero mana suspend cards like Mox Tanalite and new cascade cards. Does Asper told have a chance to become the centerpiece of a tier one or tier two archetype?
0: Uh, so I think that As foretold, has a chance to be a centerpiece of a tier one or tier two archetype. Although I don't think any of the zero mana cards from this set actually are very good in the deck. Like I, I think the deck is already pretty good as it is with like Electro Dominance and Living and Restore Balance. But I'm not especially excited about, like, crashing foothills. Make two rhinoceroses or whatever. Or put a mox into play. Like, I just don't know if the free spells are that are that powerful uh, in the archetype.
1: Alright, so we're gonna have to find a small Japanese tournament. Mox <laughs> Tantalite as a centerpiece. <laughs> but we, we do not like the mox. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. But, I mean, Asper Troll is just one of those cards that, as we print more and more cards, like, it just gets better and better. So, uh... Maybe they reveal some more free cards, or maybe we just get some in the future. And, but as we're told, is a very powerful card. Uh, so that's all our questions for this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, you can send them to at MTG goldfish, and we'll get to them on air.
0: And I. Th- Think that that brings us to the end of episode 226 of the MTG Goldfish. So, Richard, thanks for hanging out. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thanks to FlipSideGaming.com for supporting the show today. So, uh, yeah, that does it for today. We'll be back next week with the full set of Mozart Horizons and anything else that happens in the world of magic. So, until then, this is the crew signing out.